Roses are red, violets are blue. Love is so simple and bleep being complicated too. Hi friend, welcome to the Valentine's edition of Cairo Calling. This is Dodi. Today we are going to talk about love, relationships, and how societies deal with them. These are very personal topics for me. <laughs> They are the source of my joy and suffering. But I think it's the same for all of us. The presence of love, the lack of love, the joyful, magical love, the bad love, the confusing love and unrequited love. They all have impacts and affect our lives in so many ways. So today we are going to listen to over 20 submissions from all continents of the world. Yes, that includes Antarctica. We have submissions from people in their 20s. 30s and 40s from people from all different sexual orientations from people with different views on love and relationships all submissions are in their original length we are trying to give space to people to express their thoughts and feelings completely we anonymize a few of the submissions by request for various reasons this episode is quite long You can listen it all in one go, or listen them one by one. It's up to you. I love all of them. They are funny, insightful, and heartfelt, and sincere. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we do in making it. May you find your love. May your love endures. May your life brings you joy. Everything's gonna be alright. Happy Valentine's Day from Cairo. From my opinion, I think Valentine Day is the day where, like, not to express your love to someone who you love. It's like the whole world agree to celebrate the Love Day. But anyone or any of us, they just going to celebrate it together, you know? Like that's how I feel about Valentine when it's come. But to love someone, you don't need a day. So for the first time in my life, I'm muted on this question. When I received the message, send us a little voice note on love and we'll do a little melting pot medley. The question just silenced me. Maybe, maybe I'm just noticing this now, thanks to that question. Or maybe I've been deprived for too long. And I'm just longing and longing. 
But that's it. I have nothing to say on love. Except that somewhere I know, deep down, I'm full of it. Full of love and deprived. Um, I'm 33. I've just recently realized that I've always strived to find a family of my own. The moments of belonging were always short-lived with dear friends who walked their own paths in life. I never truly belonged. I committed to long-term relationships since I was 18, and, uh, and in those I went way beyond what's humanly possible. Some even were abusive, and I realize now that I'm stepping out of my last, that I persevered and set it as an absolute fact to stay and be there, because deep inside, I wished someone would do the same for me, despite the fact that I was never able to lean on. Love for me is equivalent to belonging. Um, when the whole world falls apart, there's always home. And my journey in life, in which at many moments I try to cut short, is just that, it's just a pursuit of home. So there is an Armenian equivalent of Valentine's Day, and it's called Saint Sarkis. It is a feast, and according to the Armenian tradition, if single-seat salted cookies denied, or actually denied before the feast of Saint Sarkis, the love of their life will bring water to their dreams to quench their thirst. So give it a try and see who is bringing a water to you. Good luck and happy Valentine's Day. All right, here you go. Uh, finally, some Valentine's Day contributions uh, bearing the responsibilities of an entire continent. I will do my best. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, you know, for me, Valentine's Day is just generally problematic uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. One, on a personal level, I'm just not a flowers and chocolates kind of girl. Never have been, never will be. Don't love that kind of expression of love. You know, I think that in a relationship, I would want someone to tell me they're thinking about me or to give me a gift or to do something nice for me because they choose to, not because... Uh, particular day of the year says that they should and I mean of course the commercialization the you know you must buy things you must buy things you must buy things uh, rather than you spend time together or you uh, you know express your affection in other ways um, then on a more kind of professionally related level as someone who works in gender-based violence and thinks about gender more broadly, you know, quite a lot. Some would say too much. Um, I think that it is a it is a particularly problematic day in terms of those issues because of, I mean, firstly the the gender expectations, right? Like men buy gifts on Valentine's Day, or um, you know, the the expectation that is is very gendered. And then also, for me, the way that 
this kind of expression of romance or expectation of what love looks like, how that fits into domestic violence or intimate partner violence, I think can be a real problem as well. That, you know, the kind of the cycle of violence that happens within an abusive relationship, like these expressions of love or love bombing or, you know, I I give you things, I buy you things to make up for the fact that I have uh, been violent or I've, you know, I've threatened you or I've used physical violence. And then I can make up for that with a gift and say, you know, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, you know, all of that kind of thing. Of course, that's not what Valentine's Day is about, but I think that um, kind of embodiment of love, in quotation marks, in gifts and flowers and chocolate and the kind of artificial expression of love, um, for me, those things are all often tied together in these processes that the 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 more performative relationships or where there are more performative expressions of love uh, are often I think the more problematic relationships and where you're more likely to see uh, to see violence and abuse which is of course not to say that every man who is buying flowers and chocolates for his girlfriend or his partner is abusive of course not but I think just the way we set these things up as uh, as uh, yeah, substitute somehow for actual affection or communication um, can be can be problematic. So there you go. Yeah, Valentine's Day not high on my uh, my list of holidays to celebrate, but uh, always good to be able to get cheap chocolates afterwards. <laughs> Um, Valentine. So Valentine for me, it's um, uh, it's different than the West. It's, um, I heard different like theories with different dates that I had. Like um, some some women when they 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 planned like um, for a special <coughs> uh, sex time, but some people were like uh, more um, often for a dinner or like celebrate something like this and some of the Arab cultures that I did it they 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 celebrated with chocolates and and that you have to give a gift some kind of gift that expectations um, but yeah but, but for us for me as Somali it's um, every day is love and we don't celebrate especially one day for love um, so I, would, I, I don't really, like, it depends on the person that I'm dating or I'm in a relationship with, on how we celebrate that I celebrate with them, but usually I'm not, we don't have this in my culture or in my family. Um, I hope this not, um, it's not quite late. I know, I'm sorry, that this is, is very late because Valentine is in two days or three days and the episode you, pro- you definitely have prepared and added everything. Um, but definitely, man. And... Again, I'm sorry, and I I hope you enjoy, and I will enjoy definitely the episode. Looking forward for it. Hi, Dodi. Hi, Peter. Super excited about your podcast, guys, and very happy to participate in your Valentine version. Uh, I'm Taher. I'm originally from Alexandria. I'm now living in Cairo for the past... Since actually I met Dodi in 2005, 
Uh, we met through a friend, and a few months later, we co-founded our software house. So, Valentine's. It's interesting. I'm old enough to remember an era where Egyptians didn't celebrate nor even know Valentine's Day. I think we were introduced to it when I was in high school. It suddenly became quite trendy and in. Suddenly, single dudes had to do their best to land a date on Valentine's Day. Buy stuffed red teddy bear, red roses, a red gift card, a red gift. <laughs> and yeah, candlelight dinner, red, though was the name of the game. Unlucky kids like myself avoided the streets. We went uh, to a dude's only local coffee shop. We made fun of and envied <laughs> at the same time those who were out on dates. Anyways, back to Cairo Calling. Uh, I'd like to, de- to dedicate this Valentine's to my late grandma, Nanna, whom I truly miss. I wish I had a recording uh, of her that captures her great personality and wisdom. Uh, she was a real inspiration to me. Happy Valentine to to you guys and to my dear partner and wife, Noah. Bye. Okay, Piero here from Perth in WA. Um, love. Four words. It's it's like a roller coaster. Enjoy the ride. Be prepared for the breaks, tips and ups, fun, drama. Uh, I think uh, when two people get together, um, it's awesome, it's painful, but at the end it's worth it. So keep trying, um, build up that connection, the chemistry, the feelings, respect, communication, and a bit of sassy, you know, the dangerous things, the forbidden things, if you are allowed, if you give consent, and then uh, the silly stuff, the stupid stuff too, and have a fun, have a laugh, and work together, it can be tough be challenging but if you got the nuts um, you will survive it's I think not as common nowadays like it used to be I think uh, 40 years um, people keep together and it changes nowadays it's um, it's quite more challenging because I think in one way things are expected to happen soon, really fast, and it's a step-by-step. But yeah, have fun, enjoy it, Um, and just keep spreading the love. Okay, that's my contribution, Dodi. I hope it works. Um, Hopefully, mission accomplished. Take care, man. Bye. 
Hello. My name is Sarah. I've been asked by Dirty to speak about love. And I don't have lots to say, except that I just recently find out that letting someone go far away can be an act of love. I've been traveling and I know it has been hard for my mother to see me go away and sometimes not really knowing where I'm going and how long it will take. And I just experienced the same but from her side. So, yeah, I just find out that fear can some be part of love when you see sometime go, someone going away, but also letting her or him go away is love. I think people's perceptions of what um, constitutes a relationship or what makes, uh, makes them feel loved or what love is um, differs from person to person, of course. And um, people, because of that, people can um, sometimes tend to be offended or hurt when what they consider to be love or what, how they feel loved isn't reciprocated in the, or isn't uh, the way the other person um, feels it or expresses it. So you can have a situation where someone... Um, doesn't feel loved, even though even though they're um, the person they're with is expressing what they think is love, and this can be um, due to a lot of reasons, maybe cultural or um, societal, or even just personal. Hey, Judy. Good morning. How are you? Uh, this is Martin with you. So. My first uh, expression about Valentine's, I'm going to tell you from my personal experience. Uh, like when I was a teenager, you know, um, because I know like we grow different and then like every culture have their own difference, uh, like different expression of celebrating the Valentine's. So mine could be a little bit funny or similar to some others. Um, so this is what we used to do. Uh, you know, like in, in, in our Sudanese houses, you know, they bring this small teddy bear and then they put it in front of the TV or they just have a place where they put all their toys together. And it's like a design, you know, it's, it's not like... Um, it's like just a design, like a part of the decoration of the house. So <laughs> I used to I used to steal one of those teddy bears and then watch it and then uh, put a perfume on it and then buy this uh, gift bag and then put it inside it and then uh, uh, buy like a perfume with it and then boom, I'm celebrating the Valentine. 
I used to do that, me and my friends. And I remember there is one time like we were all broke. <laughs> we can't offer to buy that teddy bear. And then we had to take one of our friends teddy bear from his house. Like we took the whole like seven or eight teddy bears. And then like that's what we do. And uh, but now uh, like you know, now when you grow up and then you realize like Valentine, you don't need a specific day to celebrate it because uh, if you love someone, you love that person equationally and it is something every day and you put that person in front of you, that person needs, that person cares, that person, like everything, you just put it before yours and um that like um it would be something um i mean uh like that person means everything to you like it's supposed to be like your safety zone your secure zone your peaceful um like basically that's that's the person where like when you go to everything feels all right, everything is okay, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like that person feels like a home, you know? Like where you feel the peace, the, the, just, I don't know how like I can say it, but no, like, when you stay with someone and then like that person is everything. But when I say everything, I mean everything that's positive. Hello, my name is Yulia Wati. I'm from Surabaya, Indonesia. I'm a friend of I am a friend of Doti from senior high school. I want to give uh, my opinion about love. Uh, for me, love is not only words that you say or write. Love is more about an act. Every little thing matters and not only when you are happy, then you cherish your loved one. How you treat your loved one in your hardship and adversity. How you help your loved ones before they are even asking for help. How you give attention to your loved ones when they want to share their feeling after having bad day and ease them with your words of encouragement. How you help and share the burden with your with household course with your loved one. Spending quality time together with your loved one or becoming a silent companion without doing anything. Just be there for him or her. Have a very good conversation without judging your loved ones. Because of, because of their silly opinions on the topic. Oh, 
if you love someone, not only with words, you will cherish their silence and then give more attention to all things related related to them. It's more for me. It's more see the best thing in, from your loved one in their words. Hey there, this is Peter. These messages really touched us. We're so happy people shared and we'd love to hear more. Whether it's your responses or anything else about what you think and feel, what's in your heart and mind, share your story with us online at speakpipe.com slash calling. That's speakpipe.com slash calling. Or on WhatsApp, send a voice message to Doji on plus two zero one two seven. 979-9935. That's plus two zero one two seven nine seven nine 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 three five. Both of those are in the show notes. Stay with us for more Valentine's after the break. Are you in a relationship that seems pretty good? Your partner is loving, all your friends seem to think it's a healthy relationship, but your mind is still doubting, wondering whether this person is really the one. If so, you may be suffering from something called relationship anxiety, which happens when a person's anxiety gets displaced onto their partner. This anxiety is fed by Western culture's obsession with the idea that out there is a perfect partner, and when you meet them, you'll just know. You'll feel butterflies and there won't be any doubts. It's what's called the doubt means don't culture. These unrealistic beliefs cause people a lot of suffering and break up perfectly good relationships. So if you're doubting your perfectly good relationship with your perfectly good partner, please Google relationship anxiety. People are irreplaceable. This is something I learned last year. When I first started dating my partner, um, my partner supported me throughout some really hard time, especially when I was feeling very sick. And no one's ever gone this length for me, to be honest, including family. And my partner has always been wonderful with me, really. However, after the first real conflict which was based on cultural differences and ignorance I thought the best thing I should do is end things I thought it wasn't working out I thought my partner was replaceable and that I simply deserve better thankfully a friend of mine highlighted the fact that in this day and time we think that everything is replaceable I mean, if you think about it, if I tear my blouse, I could just order a new one tomorrow. If my shoes get a little mud on them, instead of cleaning them, I could just order new ones. They'd be as good, etc. But people are irreplaceable. Honestly, if you are out there with someone who makes you happy, someone who's really good for you, someone you could be yourself with, someone who actually 
truly cares about you and treats you with utmost respect. Don't just abandon ship after the first conflict. Work hard, put in some effort. Relationships are not easy. They're a lot of work. And if you find someone who's willing to put in the work, don't just abandon them because there's some work to do. People are irreplaceable. Someone's proven multiple times that they are wonderful human beings. You should stick with them and resolve any conflicts or any differences. There's no point in abandoning ship over minor things that could definitely be resolved. Thankfully, after my friend spoke to me about this, I did not abandon my partner. And since then, I've been both working on our flaws and areas of improvement and talking things out. And I think that we have very healthy communication. And I think it's amazing that my partner is also open to working on themselves where they need improvement by, for example, going to therapy as uh, am I and uh, yeah people are irreplaceable don't get cold feet and let them go take a deep breath and maybe make a decision on another day speak to someone you could trust speak to your therapist but keep in mind that people are irreplaceable years ago I was in a situation which was uh it's, it's that thing where you're you're not quite in a relationship or you're not quite friends with benefits because it's sort of a friends with benefits but with feelings situation um and just without the commitment and responsibility of a relationship and it's an in-between of an in-between which was something I did not want And I did not realize I didn't want it. I didn't even realize I was in it. And then when I was, when I did realize, I just wanted to try it out to see if it was something I wanted. And the reason I did this was because it was so amazing when I was with this person in person, whenever we were hanging out, having discussions and about all these different range of topics, whether it was history, um... Uh, culture, uh, uh, people, um, uh, uh, family values, um, all these, and our humor was so insane. I don't, there's very few people that really, like, click with my humor in the same way, and we'll just crack up about the silliest of things and have a deep conversation a few minutes afterwards, and it's just these amazing, exciting, passionate experiences you have with someone at the first point of getting to know them and clicking and connecting with them. And I still look back at this person um, when I think of anyone in my past, and I think he's the only one who I still sort of consider to be a match with my personality, because everyone else I managed to get over. But because with him, I didn't quite have anything from the start it's quite difficult to get over it. And because I, I I think of him as a match because he was the honeymoon phase and he remains and he will always remain the honeymoon phase, this perfect, unrealistic phase where you don't know anybody on a deep enough level for it to be more than perfect. And 
he just remains this idea. And I need to realize that that means it's not a match because a match would mean we had hit more than surface level. We had hit milestones or experiences together and we didn't have that. We just had the most basic of the basic and it was wonderful and doesn't not say that it wasn't genuine what we had but it was just genuine surface level things and that's completely fine um but it means for me to know someone is a match i'd have to know more than that and that's why he he's an unrealistic idea. And also for somebody to be a match, we'd have to both want the same things. It's completely fine for him to want a situationship, but I wanted a relationship. And that means it can't possibly be the right person at the wrong time because the right person will be there at the right time. They're the right person. It can't be anything but right. It, 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 not to say that it like the right person is going to be perfect and your relationship would be perfect, but if they're the right person, that means it must be the right time. You must both want what you want or he wasn't the right person. Because I wouldn't feel so much insecurity from his hot and cold behavior back then when he wasn't around because the right person wouldn't be hot and cold they would just be and you would just know when you would be open just know each other's feelings there wouldn't be this in-between of an in-between you would be on the same page and that's something that I need to acknowledge and accept and realize that the match is the right person at the right time who wants what I want. And if not, see you next person, please. For the past seven years, I haven't really had a home. Being a humanitarian means that you belong everywhere and nowhere. You make friends and create many special bonds along the way, but dating in the humanitarian world can present unique challenges. Constant travel, demanding work schedules, and constantly being exposed to traumatic events will always have an impact on how you connect to others, especially on a deeper level. You're one of the lucky few if you can actually manage to meet, have a crush, date, and fall in love with someone who lives and works in your same location. But most of us just don't always have that luxury. The transient nature of the humanitarian work means that relationships often have to be long distance or temporary. No matter how hard you try to make things work, it may not be enough. And it's so frustrating. This does not mean that long distance relationships don't work. Many of them do and have the most beautiful happy endings. But it requires sacrifice, patience, maturity, and above all, good communication. I was recently involved in a long-distance relationship, and I swear to God, for the better part of it, despite not being physically together, it was wonderful. We would talk for hours every night. We laughed. We shared music. We even watched TV together. But soon enough, one of us got tired of waiting for time to pass by until we saw each other again. 
That frustration led to sabotage and self-sabotage. Until two weeks before our meeting, we were supposed to travel for holiday together. He just broke. And after him came I. It didn't work out. But then again, most of my relationships don't do anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're long distance or not. I think I may be a little bit too much. I just, I love too much. I feel too much. And that can be scary to some although it shouldn't. I don't know, but I think love should be simple. It should give us joy, not heartbreak. Love should just make us laugh, allow us to be free and silly and comfortable in silence. Love should be all about sharing those tiny dumb things that makes, that makes us happy, that make us happy with that one special person you just want to always hold. It shouldn't be a burden. It should be shenanigans and tenderness, friendship and complicity. It is being, as cliche as it may, it may sound, partners in crime. There are several memorable episodes during my past on long-distance relationships, but the most memorable one was when I was living in South Sudan. My boyfriend, Dan, was living in southern Sudan, and I was living in the capital of South Sudan. One time I had a mission to uh, to the northern South Sudan, which was 160 kilometers away from where my boyfriend was living. If we were in US or Europe or in Asia, we probably could drive a few hours and meet, cross-border and meet. But because we were in Sudan and South Sudan, of course, the, it didn't allow us to do that. And I really felt how high the border is and wished that we were in some other areas in the world. Hey, folks. I'm a diplomatic spouse who's currently living in Egypt. I'm glad to be a part of this special podcast which talks about love and life. So as an individual, um, I enjoy Valentine's Day, the day of love. It is rather important that I celebrate it with my husband, who's a very, very busy diplomat. We are no more leading the lives of careless youngsters, right? Though we are on a path of serious life choices, lessons, and experiences, me and my husband always find time to hold our hands together and spend time with each other on a such beautiful day every year. Being a diplomatic spouse is not an easy life choice. So majority of us are educated women with enduring interests and skills. The option for a formal employment is very limited when we move from one country to another. So we spend our time and energy to the greatest possible representation of a country, often putting our personal aspirations on hold. Sometimes a society might not even recognize our parts, you know, as a diplomatic spouse or spouses, how we contribute or what we sacrifice might be an untold story. Well, moving is difficult for both of us as a couple. 
with every new diplomatic assignment uh, we begin to daydream about the new life uh, we will create this time in a brand new setting so we explore new places immerse ourselves uh, in other cultures and form enduring relationships day by day we adjust we surprise ourselves by singing songs in languages we have you know have never heard before or even attempting new cuisines that quickly become favorites but eventually uh, we will have to move to another country and start over so i would love to be in a profession and have my own career goals i dream of having successful career in my area of expertise as well it is still hard to get through when you are on a diplomatic mission in some other country or any other countries but all these doesn't matter when we both me and my husband feel that we have each other to support our bond as life partners as was a love marriage so it actually is a connection between two people whose personalities couldn't be more different it doesn't really matter when you are ready to back your partner and takes the relation uh, to a different level altogether i can still fantasize love but we all know how it feels to love and to be loved true love will always play its strongest side while channeling through the roughest times of all our lives whether it is a love marriage or arranged marriage love find its own way to tranquilize us i case and i will always believe in it when it comes to life i prioritize love and our health more than anything in this world i feel love in every opportunity that i get to be with my man and i admire the love we share my valentine's day wishes to all the listeners enjoy good afternoon from dublin my dearest dodi and i assume peter is also your co-producer on this so greetings peter I've thought about this. I've mulled over it. Um, the focus of my love theme is actually going to be mainly on love with two children. Um, love when you are in, in my case, a straight marriage with my husband is warts and all when children get involved. One, one of my neighbours turned around to me the day we brought my eldest son home, who's now 10 and a half. that we would no longer fight against each other but fight about the boys fight about how to wear them so for me love after 17 years chris was actually my first love it grows deeper and love is kind it either breaks you or brings you closer together for us thankfully closer although maybe chris wouldn't agree with that um but i do want to end with a little side note on love um and it's probably more platonic love and on universal love but love saved me when i was in a very dark place love brought me back quite literally so i'm a big fan of it thank you hello everyone uh, i am from india and uh, when dodi asked me to speak about this topic um on love <laughs> i thought of a topic which uh, might be very interesting uh, in an indian context since i am from india 
and i decided to uh, speak about relationship in modern india and probably a comparison uh, between the modern way of uh, finding love and also our traditional way of uh, having an arranged marriage so in india relationships are usually considered to be like a sacred bond between two individuals like and since we believe in uh, afterlife as well uh, it is believed that in you know, a people uh, get engaged in a, a relationship for seven births <laughs> so uh, this is also somehow in you know, a link with the importance of family and community which is very deeply ingrained in our, our culture and this is reflected in the way we approach our relationships as well isn't it so uh, traditionally the arranged uh, marriages whether norm in india within a family is playing a very significant role in uh, matchmaking uh, however in uh, recent days you know there's been a very clear shift towards love marriages you know the kind of things that you see in other parts of the world especially in the western world and whether individuals choose their partners but then uh, despite these changes the importance of family and community and their approval still holds a very significant weight in many uh, indian relationships it's important for the couple to you know uh, consi- consider not just their own happiness but also the happiness of their families and communities so you know it's just a very uh, you know collective existence that you know indians have uh, so that's why you know a, 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 a new version of arranged marriage has become a, a, a new norm it is kind of interesting because you know these people uh, the families might you know just um, you know probably suggest okay this is a person whom probably you could go and meet and you know you go on a date with that person and then if you like that person uh you tell your family you know this is a probable thing that they can do so it's no nobody is going to force you for having an arranged marriage but you know they it's it's a work around it's a, it's a arranged marriage 2.0 so uh, you know what they do is uh, they would um, fix fix you a kind of a date <laughs> but then you know you you go around um you you speak uh, over phone for some time you go on dates together and then you explore uh, the idea of uh, uh, a marriage in many ways i think it it really works <laughs> because in india at least you know the the statistically speaking uh, the success rate of marriage in the sense that you know the people who are uh, not going for a divorce uh, so divorce rate among the love marriages are much much higher than you know uh, the arranged marriages you know because um, in arranged marriage there is a kind of some basic things you you uh, you know basic compatibility is already checked and there's a tremendous support from the community and the family and uh, because of that i have it's generally seen that you know arranged marriages in india tend to do uh, better than you know <laughs> the love marriages um, so i think you know um, it's an interesting thing that you know people ought to you know explore and you know know should probably know uh, because it's quite different from the other parts of the world especially in the west um i would like to talk more about this thing but you know let me not bore you with more things but yeah this is the arranged marriage 2.0 in india these days i wish you all a happy valentines day thank you i've lived and worked in antarctica otherwise known as the ice eight times over the course of 10 years i was a contract worker supporting science at us antarctic program research stations The majority of my time was spent at McMurdo Station, the largest base on the continent with a population of about 1000 people in the summer season. A small town made even smaller by the fact that dining is done in a cafeteria called the galley, and everyone lives in dormitories with at least one roommate. Sometimes we refer to it as college for grown-ups. There's a unique mix of people, scientists, military members, and support contractors. 
think any role you'd need to keep a small town running, like plumbers, firefighters, medical staff, wastewater treatment, etc. In all of the seasons I spent there, communications with the outside world were limited due to internet bandwidth. And living in a shared dorm room, it's hard to have much privacy, unless you have a job that comes with an office of some kind. Or you get creative. It makes for an interesting living, that's for sure. Along with communal living comes the risk of spreading disease. And I'm not referring to just the flu or COVID. At McMurdo, there are seemingly never-ending free condoms in the men's and women's bathrooms on the busiest hallways on station, just outside the dining hall. The supply is replenished by medical staff on a regular basis. There's also a bunch of local sayings related to relationships, most of them a little cringeworthy. When I first started working at McMurdo, a friend of mine was seeing this guy named Martin, let's call him. Another person commented to me, oh yeah, she must be his ice wife this season. Martin had a wife waiting for him back in the States, but he did this kind of thing every deployment. I knew of at least one woman labeled an ice wife every season I worked in Antarctica. Maybe not so surprisingly, it's rare to hear the phrase ice husband. Though the ratio of men to women is high, with typically 75 to 65 to 70% of the population being men, the ladies have their own saying, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. I only ever worked summer contracts because staying the winter meant 24 hours of darkness a day for months. I'm from the Midwest, where the endless gray of winter was enough to push me to my limits. But many of my friends stayed to winter over the years, with a much smaller population of 150 or so other people. I returned to McMurdo for my fifth season and asked a friend who was finishing her winter how the season had been, along with stories of seeing auroras and laughs about how fuzzy the brain gets without daylight. She talked about her situationship for the winter. These happen no matter the time of year and aren't limited to just Antarctica. Some people are determined to temporarily match up with someone for the season, while others let it happen more organically. It's usually agreed upon early into the situationship that at the well-defined end of the season, a flight to New Zealand, both people will go their own ways. But some people aren't great at setting clear boundaries. There are stories about couples who land in New Zealand, and one half of the couple immediately ends with the other considered an actual relationship. Or worse yet, one person ghosts the other on arrival in New Zealand, never to be heard from again. There's a saying for that, too. Till tarmac do us part. The town is full of commitment phobes, both in winter and in summer, but people still date and sometimes even get lucky and meet a lifelong partner there. I know of a couple who grew up two hours apart from each other in Wisconsin, yet only crossed paths in Antarctica, and now, ten years later, have two beautiful kids together, but not in Antarctica. No kids allowed. Times are changing. Antarctica's first Tinder match happened in 2013 and involved a scientist friend of mine as they had just been given Wi-Fi access for data uploads. Now people can reserve time to video chat with friends and family off-continent, and there's even Wi-Fi texting for anyone living and working at McMurdo Station. These things change the atmosphere on station, though. I haven't deployed in many years, but I imagine there are more people attached to their phones, making them less engaged with the people around them. And that makes me sad, because the community aspect of living in Antarctica is what I miss the most. As a single 42-year-old woman who's never been married and doesn't have kids, the love that I really focus on is self-love. And I think 
without self-love, you won't have the capacity to love anyone else. I kind of wonder how much time people spend with themselves and kind of tap into that love that we all have in us to begin with. So it comes from the inside and projects out versus all these societal norms and expectations being pushed on us from the outside. So in that sense, I'm really grateful that I'm single and I've had time to reflect. And I feel like I'm ready now to find my match or find the love of my life or for them to find me. And what I define as love, um, I actually use a metaphor called the eye of the storm. And it's like a hurricane, for example, and there's a storm and everything is chaotic. But then in the center of it, at the eye of the storm, it's very calm. And I think that self-love is, the eye of the storm is a place we can meet ourselves. And it's also a place that our partners could meet us. And what I mean by that is being able to drop your ego and being able to be authentic and show up without the weight of that storm. So it's kind of like a, a place, a safe space to be who you are and a safe space to grow and, and flourish. And I think to be with someone and to be in love is to kind of have yourself and your partner parallel, like two streams flowing together. So it's not selfish. It's not uh, conditional in that sense. Um, but yeah, it really is, I feel, the most important thing in life and the thing that our society, from an American's point of view anyway, that's lacking. Um, and me personally, I mean, there's a lot of stigma that goes along with being single. Like, I'm not having kids and I get stereotyped all the time, but I think of so many people who have set or who are afraid to be alone and are together or in their relationship that they don't want to be in. And that's not love. So at the end of the day, I'm pretty grateful um, that I am single and that I have a love for life, a sense of self-love, and just having the love to give and receive with the people who are around you, whether it's family, friends, I was really touched when a friend of mine invited me to contribute a voice note to his Valentine's Day podcast, which of course I demonstrated by not even replying to his message, which is how I often demonstrate love and affection, by thinking about it, but not doing anything about it. This is especially true when it comes to my long distance friendships. I've lived in different parts of the world at different times, and wherever I've gone, I've had the good fortune to find amazing people who have become an integral part of my life. But then I move on, or they move on, or both. Life gets busy in a new place, and it becomes much harder to keep in touch. But I'm always thinking about old friends, enjoying their Facebook posts, because I'm that generation, usually when I should be working or sleeping, and I make a mental note to drop them a line, and then feel guilty about it when I don't. So this is something I'd like all my long-distance friends to know this Valentine's Day. Out of sight does not mean out of mind. At least, not in my case. I think of you often, even if I don't reach out as much as I should. 
Your friendship still sustains me, and even if we haven't been in touch for a long time, sometimes a photo or a memory will pop up, and I'll smile thinking about a dinner or a party or an excursion from the dim and distant past. So thank you for your friendship, and whether you consider it in the past or the present, it's still very much alive for me. Happy Valentine's Day. Hello, my name is Summer and I was asked to talk about Valentine's Day. So I am a single mum of two living in Cairo at the moment and Valentine's Day for me used to be a bit of a tough one. So the day I got served my divorce papers was actually Valentine's Day. So for a while I used to feel a bit like sad on Valentine's Day because I was always in a relationship and I was single. And if you ask any Arab the worst thing that could have happened to an Arab daughter is being divorced with kids. It's basically like as if your life is over in their point of view. And I feel I used to carry that with me for a long time. And um, People just used to treat me like a leper. I lost a lot of friends. People would treat me with this weird, intense sympathy as if like my life was over. And it did get me down. But then after a while, I was like, why, why am I even, you know, leaning in to this narrative? Because I actually really loved my life. I was finally able to do what I wanted to do. I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to, you know, think about a father or a brother or a husband. And my life quality really improved after leaving a toxic marriage. So I think for me, this Valentine's Day, I'm just going to be celebrating self-love and acceptance and just not letting society or toxic people tell me what I should be feeling and embracing life and just loving everything. Hi, Kyra calling. I'm Kate and happy Valentine. Valentine's Day, a reminder of love, of romantic love and the challenge uh, so many of us face, be it in a relationship or finding a relationship, making it last the way we desire. I'm not currently in a relationship and I really look forward to the long-lasting love forever, but I wanted this post to be a grateful post of saying thank you to God, Mother Nature, whoever, for all the learnings along the way and the fun and friendship and nice times that come with that process of trying to meet the right one (laughs) or end up with the right one. And I'm grateful for nice times with lovely guys for a walk around Hyde Park or a coffee or lunch or dinner or even a surf, whatever it was. Um, I think that's one thing that has grown on me that um, it's one thing to get all upset and be in heartache and sad to be single and not have romantic love happening or lasting. But actually there's so much to be grateful for. There are so many nice people out there in the world. Yeah, we all meet some jerks along the way and people who are not nice and have difficult times. And yet that's just a good reminder for when we do meet so many lovely, good people. So um, 
stay at it. If you're um, looking for love, I see so many people share about the long lasting, happy love they've found via meeting someone on an app or out in a shop or wherever it was. So I'm still optimistic. And as I say, grateful for the nice times along the way and getting to have lovely chats with nice people um, to share a bit of nature and a walk along the coast or where I live um, or hear about somebody's life and dreams and what they learn from other relationships and it just helps us learn so much. So um, feels like the muscle gets stronger all the time so that the long lasting is going to happen. So thank you, Cairo Calling, for this chance to share um, and inspire others to stick at it and realize that actually meeting others and going through the process of allowing life to bring whoever it may be and teach us so many lessons along the way uh, can actually be really beautiful. Um, We certainly grow stronger. (laughs) And... um, um, but we also learn to be grateful for when there are nice times between people and um, people show each other love. So thank you to love. Hi there, I'm Sandy and I'm originally from Canada and I've been living in Amsterdam for 17 years and that's where I'm calling in from today. I thought it could be nice to share a very simple exercise about love that I did a few years ago that had a profound impact on me. Uh, I'd love to share it because it's a great story and perhaps somebody else could benefit from this exercise, hopefully as much as I did even. So in terms of context, a few years ago, I recognized that I had this pattern of dating, surprise, surprise, emotionally unavailable people. So I decided to go to a therapist to find out, okay, what's going on? What am I doing here? The first thing she did is that she assigned a very, this exercise to me to, to do at home by myself, kind of as a reflective thing. And the premise of this exercise is to respect that love means different things to different people. And conversely, that different people love in different ways. So to do this exercise, all you need to do is grab a notebook and make sure you have a lot of reflective space and write down what love means to you. For me, I just went bullet points style, really straightforward. Obviously, I think it's something that takes time to really sit with. I personally found it interesting to revisit the exercise a day later. I noticed that I got some some different answers. Um, In any case, uh, I, I suggest doing this without any particular goal in mind just so that you can allow yourself to be surprised or not, I guess, by by whatever you come up with. So if you do plan to do this exercise, um, please pause the recording so that I don't bias you, but I thought it would be nice to share some of my main outcomes from from doing this. So when I first did this exercise, um, the first thing that caught my eye was were all of the loving behaviors that um, I consider loving that I were I was missing in my past relationships? So that, that you know, surprise, surprise, you know, that came up. 
Um, but then later on in the day when I was just looking, looking back and reflecting back on, on this exercise, I had this big earth shattering aha moment where I realized that a lot of the loving behaviors I wrote down were behaviors I was not doing myself. <laughs> so my big question then was, whoa, am I the emotionally unavailable one here? Right. So, um, you know, since then, I, I found this very enlightening. Um, it's this exercise has helped me show up the way that I would like to um, in my relationships, um, which bring me great joy and pleasure. And I also think it's really kind and nice to be able to share with others what love means to you, just to improve communication and just share something juicy about yourself, right? In any case, um, thanks for allowing us space to share stories like this. Um, I wish everybody much love and warmth and happiness in the days to come. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Anna from country Georgia. Dirty Peter, Peter, Dirty Tarek, my loveliest, kindest, smartest, and funniest friends. Um, congratulations on launching your podcast. Wishing you large and engaged listener base, active ones. <laughs> um, now we'll go back to main topic, Valentine's Day. I should say I do love Valentine's Day. It brings back nice memories. But I'm not going to talk about my memories right now. Uh, as I already mentioned above, I'm Georgian. And in Georgia, we do have very unique and specific toasting traditions while celebrations um, or feasts, uh, suppress. So it will be my pleasure to record the toast for love. This is how I would uh, sound while standing in front of gathered guests, friends or family members holding a glass of wine, uh, red wine preferably, and saying, as Oscar Wilde once said, keep love in your heart. A life without it is like a sunless garden when the flowers are dead. And I can't agree more. <laughs> Wishing you all the most beautiful love that brings warmth and comfort to your hearts and happiness to your life. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Sending you tons of love. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for all our friends who have contributed to this episode. Uh, without you, this would not have been possible. Uh, I'm really grateful. Uh, we are grateful for this. It's amazing. Um, music and production by Maestro Tarek. Flow and design by Ralph. Good vibes by Peter. I would like to dedicate this episode to our dear friend Francesca who is currently in the middle of destructions and chaos in Jaziantep, Turkey. Uh, we love you. We admire what you're doing to help refugees in the region. Please be and stay safe. This is Cairo Calling. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other channels where you can find good podcasts.